Good morning, Four Points Church. I got to tell you, I feel like that video should be the theme video of my life right now. With all the packages that are being delivered to the Scott household, the, the door they showed at the end should be mine. Anybody else? Y'all ordering some things? Amazon. Woo! Thank you, Jesus, for Amazon. They are saving my life this Christmas season. Have y'all ever, just a random thought here, stopped to think about everything that goes into the delivery of a package? It is insane. If you think about just delivering like a letter or one of these boxes, there are so many steps in the process that have to go correctly in order for that to arrive at the the right destination. Think about that. If I am mailing something, I have to first of all get the postage right. And I feel like they are constantly changing the prices to mail things, right? Stamps, I don't even know what they cost now. I just say, here, here's my card, just charge it. They could charge me like $5 a stamp and I'd say, okay, probably right. So you have to make sure the postage is right. And then once you drop it off in your mailbox or at the, the UPS store or wherever, then it has to go to a processing facility, okay? And everything is high tech now. So they have barcodes to scan things. If you, uh, if you put a, a postage meter, right, on it, that gets scanned. And so then everything is sorted by size and shape. So these will not all go in the same little devices, Right. They depend on the size and shape. And then it has to be sorted according to where it's going to be delivered to. And then it has to be put in that little carrier. And the right mail carrier has to pick it up. And it is a wonder that anything gets where it's going. I did a little bit of research this week just about the UP, uh, U.S. Postal Service, okay, USPS. Y'all, they deliver 188 million first-class packages every single day. In one day, okay? That means there are 20 million that are processed per hour. And I feel like at least half of those belong to us. We are constantly getting packages delivered. They process 121,000 address changes every day. That's a lot of people moving. And they only have 75,000 people who are delivering all of those packages. There is a lot that goes into packages being delivered. Now listen, we are not talking about the postal service, okay, for the entire message today. But my point is there's a lot that goes into delivery. This series that we are in for the month of December is called Delivered. And I wanna, I wanna just clarify a few things for you this morning with some definitions, okay? Guys, if you'll put those up on the screen, I want you to look at these definitions. The definition of deliver, like if I'm going to deliver something to you, y'all know what that means, right? Like I'm going to hand it over to you, right? It's going to go from my possession to yours. I'm going to bring it to you. Maybe if it's a cup of sugar, I can still deliver it, right? But there is a difference between deliver and deliverance. Somebody say amen. I want you to look at that definition of deliverance. It means to be rescued or to be set free. And I'm here this morning to make the bold statement that more than we need a delivery from Amazon or from the U.S. Postal Service, we need some deliverance from some things. That's what we're talking about today. In this season when everybody is so busy purchasing things, right? We're making our list and we're checking it twice. As much fun as that can be, those deliveries are not what we ultimately need. We need deliverance. We need to be rescued and to be set free from some things. And I can make that statement boldly without knowing you as an individual, without knowing the circumstances of your life, because I am standing on the truth of scripture that deliverance is what God sent his son Jesus for. And if we did not need it, he would not have sent him, right? We all are in need of deliverance this morning. And so I want you to think about your own life, 
What are the things in your life today that you need to be rescued from? That you need to be set free in? Because if we're honest, we cannot sit here this morning and say, I am all good. There's nothing entangling me. There is nothing holding me back. There is no chain, no stronghold, no bondage in my life. If we say it, we're lying, right? Because we all have those things. And they look different for each one of us. I don't know what yours look like, but I can tell you, in the past seven days since you and I met together last week, there have been some things that have tried to distract me. Pastor Stephen talked last week about how the word distract means to pull away. Y'all, I work at a church, and I was planning a, a sermon this week, and I was doing my daily Advent readings, and there were still some things that tried to pull me away. There are things that I need to be set free from that I need some deliverance in. We all do. This time of year, we keep hearing that question, are you ready for Christmas? And we don't mean, are you ready to celebrate the Savior, right? We mean, have you finished your shopping? Have you finished your baking? Are all of your Christmas trees decorated? Because you can't just have one anymore, right? We mean, are all of those things ready? Have you, have you prepared all of the Christmas extravaganza? But we need deliverance more than we need deliveries this morning. So what I'm going to do today is I'm going to share with you some truths about deliverance. And I want you to keep that definition in mind, right? Being rescued, being set free from. Here are some truths about deliverance. Number one, deliverance differs for everyone. We all need it, but it's going to look different in each one of our lives because we are all at different stages. We all have different backgrounds. We have different baggage. Deliverance differs for everyone, but I believe that there are some universal truths about it. And the first one is that we have to, in order to know what we need deliverance from, we have to get alone with God. And the older I get, the more I know God, the more I know that that is a positive thing, but it can also be a very scary thing, right? Because God can show you some things that you would rather not see about yourself. In this time of year especially, we just fall prey to all of those distractions, right? All of those things to do and to buy and to decorate and to eat somebody. We fall prey to all of those so we don't have to stop and think about how we're feeling. And we don't have to stop and focus on the things inside of us that are broken and that are hurting. But we need some deliverance. And so there are three main types of deliverance this morning that I would argue we all need. And the first one, the primary one, the one that matters above all else is the deliverance of salvation. Guys, listen, I looked up the word salvation just out of curiosity. I, I know what it means in my head, but I wanted to see what Webster said. So I looked it up, and do you know what it said salvation means? Deliverance. Y'all, that's not an accident, right? It means being rescued and being set free because the truth of the human condition for every person in here, no matter how old you are or how young you are, the truth is that we all are sinners, that we are born into humanity with this desire to do things our own way, to believe that we are masters of our own universe. And we can believe that the word sin just means doing bad things, but it's more than just doing bad things, right? Because sometimes sin is thought, not action. Sin is what separates us from our maker, and I want you to listen to these truths from Scripture. In Romans, it says that all 
have sinned and all fall short of the glory of God. Guys, the kindest person you know, the person who does the most good, who is the most selfless, that person has still sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There is not one of us in here who does not try to be in command of our own lives. We all fall short of the glory of God. And it goes on a few chapters later in Romans to say that the result, the punishment, it uses the term wages of sin, the payment that we get in return is death. It is separation from God. That is what we have earned. That is what we deserve. And that is what we have unless we have what it says in the book of John. Jesus, who is our way, our truth, and our life. And no one gets to the Father except through him. See, what we do is we think, okay, I'm a pretty decent person. And so if I do enough good stuff, then I can earn my way back into a right standing with God. And I'm here to tell you this morning, there is not one thing that you can do to get yourself back to God. That is why God sent Jesus to us so that we can therefore be reconciled to him. And so if you're in this room this morning and you have never given your life to Jesus Christ, I don't even need you to listen to the rest of my message. I need you to understand that the deliverance you need this morning is the deliverance of salvation. That is what every single human being needs. And that's why this church exists. That's why I follow Jesus is so I can share that good news with other people. So the primary deliverance that we need this morning is the deliverance of salvation. But if you are already saved, what does that mean for you? Does that mean that you are, what was that? That was creepy. Does that mean if you are saved that you are all good? No, it means that you continue to need further deliverance. That once you have been saved from death, from hell, from your sin, it means that you still need salvation in other areas. You need saving from not just sin, but you need saving from other things. We need the deliverance from sin. We need the deliverance from other things that entangle us. Because here's the truth, y'all. If we are in Christ, this is our second truth. If we are in Christ, we both have been and are still being delivered. We talked a few weeks ago about how once we are saved, we are not yet perfected, right? Like salvation does not give us instantaneous perfection, but it is the beginning of a journey of us moving more and more to be like Jesus. We are on this, this continual journey to righteousness. So we have been delivered, but we are still being delivered. So don't sit there and think that just because you're saved, you're good because you're not, right? We all know that. We all know there are things in our lives that need to change. I want you to look at Hebrews 12, verse one. This is speaking to us. It says, therefore, since we as believers are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, and that's just referring to other believers who have died and who have gone on and are watching and cheering us on, right? Since we're surrounded by them, let us throw off, I love that, throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Y'all, this is talking about the other two types of deliverance we need. The first was the deliverance of salvation. The second is the deliverance from sin and from everything that hinders. 
And I love the fact that those two phrases are separate because maybe not everything that hinders you is a sin. Has there ever been something good in your life, a great relationship, a positive thing that has still hindered you, that has still gotten in your way? How about a job, right? That's a good thing. But sometimes does that hinder you from your relationship with Jesus? It has me before because I've been all consumed by it, right? Or the stress from it has taken me down. Not everything that hinders us necessarily is a sin, but we still need delivering from it. I want you to listen to these truths from scripture, okay? The first three that I'm gonna read are from the book of Psalms. It says, you are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. Why do we need to be protected from trouble? Because we have trouble, right? Just because we're saved doesn't mean that all trouble goes away and life is hunky-dory and everything is just perfect. It's not how it works because we still live in a fallen world, right? We live on a planet that is controlled by the prince of this world, our enemy. And so we still have troubles that we need to be delivered from God is our deliverer. The next verse, I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Believers, we can have fears, right? Some of you this morning are sitting there and there are things in your life that that are terrifying to you, that you are fearful of, that you are afraid about because you don't have the answers. You don't see the path. You don't see the open door. You don't know how you're gonna get out of it. God delivers us from our fears because the fears continue to exist. So we not only need the deliverance of salvation, but we need the deliverance from our fears and our troubles. We will continue to have those. I wish that I could erase them for you. I wish that on the day that we chose Jesus, everything just went the way that we wanted it to go. That we could just get the delivery of perfection and that would be it. But that's not how it works. And so I want you to think this morning, what is it in your life today, December 8th, that is hindering you? What are those troubles that you are facing? What are those fears that are consuming you that you feel that, that knot in the pit of your stomach about? Let yourself go there for a second. I want you to think about those things because if you don't ever consciously think about them, then you can never choose to surrender them to Jesus. And what we don't choose to surrender will remain a stronghold in our lives because he will not force the redemption of what we won't release. He won't force it. So what is it that is hindering you and entangling you this morning? Some of you this morning, you are consumed by shame and guilt. There is something you have done. There is something that has been done to you that you can't get past. Now, I know how that feels because that was my story for a few years. I just felt shame. And God wants to deliver you from that, but you have to admit that it's entangling you first. Some of you this morning, what's hindering you is a wrong thought process about who God is. You have the wrong belief about Jesus. You have the wrong idea about God as your father because maybe your earthly father gave you the wrong image of what a father is. Perhaps this morning, what's entangling you, what is hindering you isn't an addiction, an addiction to a substance. Maybe it's an addiction to a person. Maybe it's an addiction to a job that you need to walk out of. Maybe it is an addiction to how you appear to other people. Maybe it is an addiction to technology, somebody. I'm about ready to throw my phone in the trash can. Anybody, anybody with me? I'm ready to go back to a flip phone. Maybe a Blackberry. I kind of miss my Blackberry back in the day. We are addicted to things, right? 
And we think, oh no, I'm in control of it, but really it is controlling us. We need deliverance from some things this morning. So what is your thing that you need deliverance from? If you ask the spirit, he will reveal it to you. Hebrews 12, one says we have to throw those things off, throw off the sin, throw off everything that hinders us so that we can do something, right? So that we can run with perseverance the race that is marked out for us. Guys, we can't run if we are weighed down. We cannot go forward in the calling that God has on our lives if we are continued to, continuing to be entangled and hindered by those things. God wants us to be released from those things so that we can have freedom, right? But also so that we can attain our purpose, so that we can do the things that he created us to do. But we have to ask for that deliverance. We have to be honest about what is holding us back. And I started thinking this week, y'all, I had my message pretty much done and God just gave me this statement out of nowhere that sometimes we fall victim to the belief that the delivery of things will replace the deliverance from some things. Sometimes we think the delivery of things in our lives is what we need when really we need deliverance from some things. I don't know if it's because we are products of our society, right? Where we are just driven by consumerism and we are bombarded with advertisements and we are constantly being tempted and enticed to buy more and more and more. Or if it's just human nature to think that we need things added, that we need more, that, that we need a delivery in our mailbox or on our front porch, that that is going to fix what is wrong with us that that is going to heal what is hurting us. I want you to think about how you might have done that this very week. I made a joke about technology, but I really believe that for a lot of us, we think the delivery of some tweets or some photos on Instagram or some status updates on Facebook, that the delivery of those things in our lives are what we need. We use those things to distract ourselves from our own reality, don't we? When we are bored, we go and we scroll. When we are hurting, we try to escape the hurt, so we go and we look. When we are upset or unsure, we zone out of our real life circumstances by escaping into this alternate reality, looking at people we don't even know. We think the delivery of that stuff is going to fix what is hurting us, but studies have shown that it only makes things worse. That loneliness is an epidemic in our society because even though we are virtually connected, there is no authentic connection. The delivery of that stuff is not fixing what is hurting us. For some of us, it's the delivery of products, right? We think, okay, I wanna look better. So the delivery of some makeup, the delivery of a new outfit, the delivery of a new pair of shoes, the delivery of something into my life is going to fix that. It ain't gonna fix it. It's just gonna jack up your credit card bill and there, there's gonna be another problem. It doesn't fix it. For some of us, we get food delivered to us because we think that is what we need, right? Some of us, when we're bored, when we're lonely, when we're upset, when we're fearful, we use that as our medication. The delivery of things is never going to replace the deliverance from what the real issue is. And I might not have hit on your delivery today, 
but you've got one. We all have things that we are delivering into our lives, into our minds, into our relationships, into our families, into our workplace, into our pocketbooks, because we think those things are what we need. No, we need deliverance from. We need deliverance from the sin, from the addiction, from the shame, from the hurt, from the brokenness. That's what we need the deliverance from, ladies and gentlemen. And so we've got to be honest And we've got to say, Spirit, show me what my brokenness is. Help me sit in that and not try to run away from it, not numb it with something else. We are a people who don't want to feel what we feel. So we run to a thousand other things to prevent it. And God is saying, you've got to sit in it. You've got to feel what you're feeling so I can come in and heal it. Healing is not gonna happen unless you let yourself feel it. The two are related You cannot separate them. The delivery of things will only temporarily soothe you. They will never permanently satisfy you. There's only one thing that will permanently satisfy you, and that is the person of Jesus Christ, his presence in your life. Truth number four, deliverance demands waiting. We wish this weren't true, right? Amazon, I think, has spoiled us. How many of y'all have Amazon Prime? Ooh, praise you, Jesus, right? You click that buy now button and it shows up in two days, right? And they've got us because sometimes it doesn't even take two days, right? Sometimes we can get that thing overnight. And so we get, we get these deliveries fast and we begin to think this is the way the world should work. Everything should happen in an instant, right when I want it. We think about something and it shows up on our Facebook feed, right? Like what's going on here? We are a people who don't like to wait. But deliverance sometimes demands waiting. If I am delivering something, if I'm gonna deliver a package to you, then I'm sort of in charge of it, right? I can determine the timetable. I can put it in the mail at a certain time. I can decide where it's going to go. If I am the deliverer, I get to determine the delivery. But if I am waiting on deliverance, aren't I dependent on the deliverer? We don't get to choose the timing. We don't get to choose the method, right? But what we get to choose is whether or not we will be faithful and obedient in the process of the wait. Deliverance almost always demands waiting. And and I was looking back through scripture this week, I was looking in the book of Matthew at all of these miracles that Jesus did. If you start in chapter eight of Matthew, you'll just see miracle after miracle after miracle. It starts with, with a leper, right? A horrible skin condition that would have alienated this man from his society. He would have had to call out, I'm a leper to let people know that he was around. He would have been rejected. And Jesus comes to him and heals him in an instant. There's a paralytic, a man who is paralyzed, who's been lying there for years. Jesus heals him in an instant. There's a story of Peter's mother-in-law. She has a terrible fever. It says that she's been suffering. She's sick. Jesus comes and he heals her in an instant. Miracle after miracle after miracle. And what can be tempting for us when we look at those stories is to see the instantaneous miracle and think that's what's supposed to happen in our lives. But what we forget is the back story to each of those examples. You see, the man, the paralyzed man, did not become paralyzed and in the very next instant receive his deliverance. He was not healed in the very moment that he was wounded. There was a period of waiting, 
right? The man with leprosy had suffered for a while. He had that condition and the deliverance demanded waiting until the instant that Jesus healed him. You see, the miracle can happen in a moment, but the time period of the deliverance demands a season of waiting. And we can easily miss that if we don't sit with the scriptures and think about each of those stories as being something that really happened in the world, right? Like that was a real person who had that real skin condition. He was kicked out of his village. Everybody wanted to stay away from him because it was so highly contagious and misunderstood, right? We can miss that. And we can start to become disillusioned with God because we expect that their immediate deliverance from those diseases should be our immediate deliverance from everything. But no, they had a season of waiting and most often you and I will have a season of waiting as well. And some of you are there today, right? Some of you are sitting in that season and you are asking God to deliver you from something, from a disease, from a broken relationship, from insecurity that cripples you, from depression that makes you not want to get out of bed, from comparison. You are asking to be delivered, but you are still in the season of waiting. Here is my advice and my my exhortation to you this morning. Don't let yourself become disillusioned with God. Don't let Satan convince you that he is either unable or unwilling to fix you. That is not it at all. Sometimes, y'all, what we need more than the instantaneous deliverance is we need the season with Jesus to know who he is, to grow deeper in our faith. Sometimes the season is what we need more than that instantaneous deliverance. And that's a hard truth to swallow. So often in scripture, y'all, it talks about waiting, waiting on the Lord. People cry out, how long, Lord? Listen to Psalm 13. How long, O Lord? The psalmist says, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? Some of you, these could be your own words. How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and answer me, O Lord my God. Light up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest my enemies say I have prevailed over him. Lest my foes rejoice because I am shaken. He's crying out, how long rescue me, God. Set me free. But he doesn't stop there. And this is where we need to continue as well. But I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. He might not have yet delivered me from the thing, but he has delivered me in it. He is there with me, right? He has not forgotten me. I have trusted in your love, not just in your deliverance, but in your love. Believing God does not mean he is going to act immediately on your behalf. We can believe him and still have to wait. We can believe him and still have a season that seems like it's not going to end. Believing does not mean that we are suddenly able to manipulate God to do things on our timetable or to take things away from us that we wish weren't there. Believing God is what enables us to go forward. 
I wish all that I could stand here and give you a beautiful, eloquent explanation of why that is, why we have to wait. And the short answer is, I don't know. But I can tell you my testimony that the seasons of waiting in my life, those times when God had not yet delivered me from something, those were the times when my faith was solidified. Those were the times when I learned how to pray. Those were the times where I realized that the presence of Jesus really was all I needed. Those were the times that stopped me from seeking deliverance in everything and everyone else and realizing that Jesus alone was my salvation, that he alone was the source of steadfast love. The seasons that we wish would end, if we would ask God to change our perspective in them, can be the seasons that change us the most. But we have to ask the Lord to be with us in those times, to show us his heart in spite of those hard circumstances that we wish would go away. We are saved, y'all, but we are not yet perfected. And so life is going to continue to be hard. Troubles are going to continue to come. Fears are going to continue to mount themselves against us. Billy Graham says that being a Christian is more than just an instantaneous conversion. It is a daily process whereby you grow more and more like Christ. And part of every process is waiting, right? Part of every process is waiting. And I think if I did not give you the next truth, then I would be committing ministry malpractice. And this truth is that what God does not deliver us from He is with us in. Because here's the reality. There are situations that happen to human beings that God does not deliver them from. There are people who have diseases that they are not healed from as long as they are alive on this planet. There are outcomes from choices that we make that do not disappear. There are things that happen that we will continue to see the results of for our entire lives. And so though we may pray, God deliver me from this thing, his answer might be no. And I want you to understand this morning that God saying no, that God not delivering you from something is not proof of his inability. It is not proof of his lack of love. It is proof that he wants to do something greater in that situation than he could do in the removal of it from your life. And that's where faith has to take hold. That's where we have to choose to believe God, even when he doesn't make sense, right? His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. To us, the removal of those pains, the disappearance of the hurt is what would make the most sense to us. But God's ways are not ours. And so sometimes the continuance of that situation is actually what we need the most in order to become who he wants us to become and to be used the way that he desires to use us. Because what he does not deliver us from, he is present in. And I believe that God absolutely can heal you. I believe that if there is something in your life this morning that you are desperately desiring deliverance from, I believe with every fiber of my being that God can do it, that he is a miracle worker. I have seen it, I have experienced, I have no doubt in his ability to do it, but I also know based on the truth of scripture that he doesn't always. And I can't 
tell you why that is. I spoke with somebody a couple of weeks ago who had been through a very difficult time in her life that had actually lasted a couple of decades. She had experienced extreme depression, anxiety, mental illness, self-harm, and she pleaded with God, God, please deliver me from these things. And as of two weeks ago, when I spoke with her, God had not delivered her from those things. And she and I were talking. I experienced a time of postpartum depression that was very short, but very intense. And God delivered me from that. And we were talking about how interesting it is that we had experienced the same sort of thing and He delivered one of us and not the other. And that doesn't always make sense to us, right? Like, why would He do it for me and and not for her? I'm no more righteous than she is. I did not pray more than she did. I'm not a better person than she did. But God delivered me from that thing and He did not deliver her. But what she said blew me away. She said, Jenny, He did not take it away. He has not taken it away yet. But what He has been in it has been exactly what I've needed. Perhaps He has allowed that to continue in her life because it is doing the work in her that could be done no other way. Perhaps in my life, He did a work in a different way. We don't get to decide whether or not He delivers us from the things that we wish to be delivered from, but we can decide how we react whether He does or not. We can decide what we do with what He does. I've been following y'all this family on Instagram. I know I talked about the evils of social media, but this is a good one. Um, a family where the, the daughter, she's probably seven or eight, she fell off a golf cart in a freak accident and has a traumatic brain injury. She's essentially in a catatonic state right now, okay? She's not alert, not awake at all. And the family is begging and pleading for deliverance, right? They want their daughter to wake up. They want her personality to come back. They want her to be able to use her body again. And so far, she has not been delivered from that traumatic brain injury. But the interesting thing is that what is happening through her story, God's presence in that family's life, it is bringing people to a saving knowledge of Jesus. There are people who have given their lives to Christ because of the way they've seen that family react in the midst of a circumstance they wish they could be delivered from. You and I get to decide, is this situation that we wanna be delivered from going to be something that God can use in our lives or are we going to remain bitter? Are we gonna be mad at God? The choice is ours. Y'all, Paul, he experienced this. The Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians says, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord. I want y'all to think about that word pleaded. It doesn't just mean asked, right? Think about begging. Three times I begged God to take it from me. But He said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why for Christ's sake, I delight in those weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. What God does not deliver us from, He has a plan for, and His presence in is what we need. 
The things in your life right now that you wish would go away, that you were saying, God, please deliver me from this. God is saying, no, that is an opportunity for the world to see my strength in that area of weakness in your life. Because if you were all strength, if you only had strength, they would not see me. My weaknesses allow God to shine. What would happen if each of us this morning adopted that mentality? Like, okay, the things that God has not taken away yet, the things that God has not perfected in me, the things that God has not changed yet, they are not obstacles, but they are opportunities. They are chances for the world to see Christ in me because the world would know I can't do it on my own, right? Like I can't be happy in that situation. I can't be joy filled when that is going on. But when Christ reigns through us, when Christ reigns in us, when He shines out of us, the world will see it and the world will take notice. Where we are not yet delivered is a chance for the world to see Jesus. Sometimes God does His best work in our lives when we are not delivered from the thing, but He delivers His presence, His powerful presence into that thing. It is not wrong to plead with God to remove it. It is not wrong to beg God, take it away. But if He does not, it is wrong for you not to accept it. It is wrong for us to be bitter and resentful when God has not delivered us from something. Where are you in the process this morning? Some of you are in that season of waiting. Some of you have received so far a no from God. Some of you have been delivered and you should be in the place of gratitude, right? But if He hasn't delivered you yet, are you resting in His presence? Here's our final truth about deliverance this morning. When God does deliver us from, it is always for. If we have received the deliverance of salvation, the deliverance from sin, death, hell, separation from God, then we also have deliverance for something else. If God delivers you from a situation, from a circumstance, from a brokenness, from a hurt, if He delivers you from that, it is always for a reason. And listen, we are not meant to be the sole beneficiaries of our deliverance, right? It's never just for us. We are not just saved so you and I can go to heaven. If that were the case, in the moment of our salvation, God would whisk us away. He would beam us up, Scotty, to heaven. But He doesn't do that. Why? Because our deliverance in salvation is then meant for us to go and take deliverance to other people through the form of the good news of the gospel. It is for us to spread His Word, to share His love, to grow His kingdom. It's never just for us. Do we benefit? Absolutely. But we benefit so that we can benefit others. It's never just for us. When we are saved from a situation, we are delivered from one of those things that hinders us. That is to become part of our testimony. When we are delivered from, we are delivered for. I want you to listen to Psalm 40. This is David speaking of deliverance. He says, I waited patiently for the Lord. Some of y'all are there. You're waiting. 
He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock. There's the deliverance and gave me a firm place to stand. This is the four. Look at this. He put a new song in my mouth. A hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. I'm gonna pause there. If you know someone who has truly been delivered from something, is that person able to stay quiet? It never happens, does it? They can't. True deliverance always results in a new song. Always. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust, who does not look to the proud, to those who turn aside to false gods. Many, O Lord my God, are the wonders you have done. The things you planned for us, no one can recount to you. Were I to speak and tell of them, that would be too many to declare. Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but my ears you have pierced. Burnt offerings and sin offerings you did not require. Right? It's like, it's not about what we can do. It's about what he did. Then he said, here I am, I have come. It is written about me in the scroll. I desire to do your will, oh my God. Your law is within my heart. I proclaim righteousness in the great assembly. That's the four. I do not seal my lips, as you know, O Lord. I do not hide your righteousness in my heart. I speak of your faithfulness and salvation. I do not conceal your love and your truth from the great assembly because when we have been delivered, we can't seal our lips. We can't just hide his righteousness here and not put it out there. When we have been delivered, our deepest desire is for everybody else we know to be delivered too because we know the freedom that is offered. We know what it was like to be in chains and then to be set free. When we are delivered from, we are always delivered for. What is your for this morning? How can you take the deliverance that God has worked in your life and use it to proclaim His name in the great assembly? To take the righteousness and not hide it, not conceal it and hoard it, but to turn it outwards and say, you can have this too. That is why the church exists. We are delivered from, for, not just for ourselves, but for a broken world. Do you know broken people this morning? Are there people in your lives who need deliverance? Guess what? You can share with them the deliverer. You can tell them what God has done for you. Once you've been delivered, you cannot keep it to yourself. And that is my challenge for us, Four Points Church, is that we are going to be a people not just delivered from, but delivered for and delivered to. That's who we are. That's who God has called us to be. And so this morning, here is what we have to decide. First of all, will I accept the deliverance of salvation? Because if we don't accept the deliverance of salvation, none of the rest of it is going to happen. You can't be delivered from sin. You can't be delivered from the things that hindered if you are not first delivered in salvation. So some of you this morning, if you don't know Jesus, if you have not followed Him, even if you're sitting in a church, but you have not truly given your heart to Him, that is your next step. That is what you need to do to say, I surrender. I don't need more deliveries. I need deliverance. 
I need you to rescue me, to set me free from all the things that I can't be set free from otherwise. And then if you have been set free in salvation, you need to ask the Holy Spirit, God, where else do you want to deliver me? Where am I remaining in bondage? And you're saying, no, you can be free there. He will show you. He will show you if you ask. We're going to close here with prayer, with an invitation, an opportunity for you to make some decisions. So what I'm going to ask of you is if you would just close your eyes, not so anything crazy can happen, okay? But just so you can tune out all of the distractions. So you can focus only on yourself and your maker. And in this moment, I am going to give you the chance to be delivered from whatever you need deliverance from. For some of you, it is death and hell and separation. For others of you, it is deliverance from your sin and from those things that are holding you back, pulling you away from Jesus. So if you are here this morning and you know that God is speaking to your heart and saying, this is the day of your deliverance. This is the day of your salvation. All I'm gonna ask of you is that you will just raise your hand or look at me. Because if God is speaking to you in this moment, the only decision you need to make is yes, I need deliverance. For the rest of you, I'm gonna ask you to take a step of acknowledgement as well, acknowledging that you need deliverance. And what I want you to do is if there is something God has placed in your heart this morning and an area of stronghold and burden in your life that you know you need deliverance from, that you are pleading with Him God in, if you are pleading with God in that thing, all I want you to do is to slip up your hand and say, yes, God has revealed something to me that I need deliverance from. Thank you. Guys, listen, in this season of Advent, this season of waiting, this season of anticipation, don't let it just be about the deliveries. Let it be about the deliverer. Let it be about your deliverance. Because that is who God is, the one who rescues, the one who sets free. And He doesn't just do it for the masses. He's doing it for you. So let's pray. Father, you are good and we deserve nothing from you, but you have given everything to us, not in the forms of deliveries and packages, but God, in the form of your son, Jesus, he is all we need. He is our deliverer. And so God, we accept him this morning as the deliverer of our salvation, but also as the one who gives us, offers us deliverance from all of those things that Satan wants to use to pull us away from him. All of those things that our enemy wants to bind us and to to keep us strangled up in. God, you came in the form of your son, Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us to deliver us. And so that's our prayer this morning. God, deliver us, not just on the day of our salvation, but today and tomorrow and every day for the rest of our lives. Deliver us from and deliver us for. Deliver us from and deliver us to. God, that's what we desire from you, to be a people delivered from anything that would hold us back from your kingdom. Do your work in our lives, God, as painful and as messy as it may be, as much as we may have to sit and look at our mess 
as much as we may have to sit and feel our feelings, God, we are willing to do it if it means that we will be healed. So heal or come and do your work in our lives. We worship you today, tomorrow, and every day because you are the rescuer. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.